I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Internet security, it's bad. Data breaches are constant. People's passwords are sold on the internet like cherries from a roadside cart. Now, a lot of that is because of passwords. We rely on humans to pick passwords, and, well, they aren't always so good at it. We need to get past passwords. Passkeys are one of the most promising ways to do this. We have a whole episode about how they work. But in short, you keep the key on your device and only use it when you need to log in. That way you don't have to remember a password, meaning you won't pick an easy one to guess. And more importantly, the company you're logging in doesn't have your password or anyone's password. So it's not a big juicy target for attackers. But wait, you might be saying, how does that work? Passkeys use something called public key cryptography. They have your public key And because it's public, it doesn't matter if anybody gets it. That public key and your private key combine to validate who you are. But you're still probably wondering how that works. Wouldn't they have to know something besides the public key that's unique to you? Well, no, nothing private anyway. That's the brilliance of it. Let's help you know a little more about public key cryptography. Public key cryptography is a system to make it easy to prove who you are with whomever you want. Public keys can be given out to anybody without risk. And as long as only you have your private key, only you can use those public keys to prove who you are. Okay, but how is it not risky to give everyone your public key? Now, those of you who are experts in security or security researchers, please try not to cringe too much at this. I'm going to take some shortcuts in this explanation in order to make it easy to understand for those of us who don't know anything about encryption. And don't get too hung up on the word key either. A key, public or private, is just a number. The private key needs to be complex enough, read long, not to be easily guessed, even by a powerful computer. Now, you're not going to have to memorize that. Don't worry about that. It's just a file. And your public key is also just a file made up mostly of a really complex number. Not so people can't guess it in this case because you're giving it out to everybody, but to make the cryptography strong when you do use it. If I have your public key, I can encrypt something I send to you. I can read something encrypted by you, and I can confirm that something was created by you. 
That's all made possible by the combination of the public key associated with you and the private keys each of us keeps secret, secure, on our device where nobody can get them, hopefully. One of the first questions I had when trying to understand this was, how could someone decrypt something from me without having my private key? If I used my private key to encrypt it, don't they need that? Certainly, I thought, I'd have to give that private key to the other person somehow. The actual way this works involves a lot of math. So to explain how you can do this without giving up your private key, let's use a metaphor of an actual physical key and a padlock. I don't know who came up with this metaphor first, wasn't me, but it's a great one. So imagine a typical padlock, but instead of the usual locked or unlocked position, it has three positions. Locked, unlocked, and also locked. Think of it like this. Uh, You have the key in the lock straight up in the middle, right? That's unlocked. You could turn it to the left, that would be locked. Or you could turn it to the right, and that would be locked. So left is locked, right is locked, middle is unlocked. The trick is you have two keys that can work in the padlock. One key can only go to the left, can't go to the right, only to the left. The other key can only go to the right, doesn't go to the left. Now, let's say you make a bunch of copies of the key. and that Let's make a bunch of copies of the one that turns the lock to the right. You can just give those away. You don't even care if you drop some for other people to pick up. These only go to the right. Anybody with that key could take my padlock from the locked left position or the unlocked middle position and unlock it or lock it. But if it's all the way to the right, they can't turn it back from that right locked position and they can't lock it to the left. If that's hard to picture, let me give you an example. All right, so you've got my public key, the one that goes to the right, and I've got my key that goes to the left. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to send you an unlocked padlock for you to send me an encrypted message. So it's straight up in the middle. The padlock is the public key platform we're using in this metaphor, like passkeys. All right. You put your message in a box, you close the box, you latch it shut, you put the padlock on it, then you take my public key, which again only goes to the right, and you put that key in the padlock, you turn it to the right from unlocked to locked, you pull the key out. Here's the thing, remember, you can't go to the left with that public key. So now that you've locked it, even you can't unlock it, you just locked it. That's why it's safe to give everybody the public key. It can only go one direction. You send that padlocked box to me. I take out my private key, the only copy of the key that can go to the left, which is why I have to keep it so secure and safe. And now I'm able to unlock that padlock. I'm the only one. If someone in the middle grabs that padlocked box, even if they have a copy of my public key, what can they do? Nothing. Because they can't turn it to the left. Now... Probably some of you are like, well, in real life, you just pick the lock. But metaphorically, this is a lock that has been made very difficult to pick. Uh, So how do we do that? Let's get get to the real life example. How do we do that? Make a very hard to pick lock with real cryptography. Public key cryptography uses numbers, not actual keys and locks. Now, you may reasonably say that numbers can be guessed, especially by powerful computers that can just roll through billions of guesses in a few minutes. We're dangerously close to having to use actual math to explain this again, so I'm going to use another metaphor, a classic metaphor. (laughs) 
May I introduce you to the classic players of the cryptography metaphor stage, Alice, Bob, and Eve. Hi, Alice. Hi, I'm Alice. I'm just a regular person who wants to securely send messages. That's lovely. And welcome, Bob. Hello, Bob here. Like Alice, I just want to securely send a message or two. Is that so wrong? No, it is not, Bob. But we also have Eve. I'm Eve. You don't know me. I must intercept the message between Bob and Alice. The fate of the world depends on it. Sure it does. Whatever. To help Alice and Bob send each other messages, they're going to exchange keys. Bob, I got a message for you. This will be fun. Ooh, nice. Like a key party. We did this back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But evil Eve... I'm not evil. overhear what they say out yeah, loud. I'm right here. I can hear everything. So here's what we're going to do. Alice and Bob, you two agree on a number. Two? Ooh, two. Two's nice. So they agree on the number two. But Eve heard them. Yeah, they picked two. Nice secret, noobs. Okay, we shut the door on Eve and Bob both. Now, Alice, pick a secret number. Secret number, okay. Three. Great. That's the private key. We're going to make your public key using that. I thought two was the public key, though. Ah, good point. Two is a constant of this encryption system, for lack of a simpler way of explaining this. Okay, so what do I do with my private key now? Raise the platform number, that's the number two, to the power of your secret number, three. Okay, uh, that would be eight. Excellent. Eight is your public key. Okay. Okay, Alice, you can give your public key to Bob. Here, Bob. It's eight. Ah, I heard that one. It's eight. Okay, now it's just Bob in here, and Eve and Alice can't hear. Bob, pick a secret number. I pick the number four. Great. That's your private key. Now, raise it to the power of two. That's the number we set out there. Correct. Okay. Four to the power of two is 16. Okay. So 16 is your public key. Hi, Bob. Bob. Bob, give your public key to Alice. Here you go, Alice. It's 16. This is so stupid. Alice's key is eight. Bob's is 16. I know everything. Yes, those are their public keys. But what Eve doesn't know is Bob and Alice's secret numbers, the private keys. Whatever. Okay, just Alice and me again now. Alice, do you remember the secret number I asked you to pick? Uh, Yeah, it was three. So now take the 16 you got from Bob and raise it to the power of three. Oh, wow. Okay, now we're at 4,096. Great. Stay here. Okay, Bob, just you and me now. You have the eight you got from Alice, right? Yep, right here. A public key. And you remember your secret number? I sure do. It is four. So raise eight, her public key, to the power of your private number, four. 
All right, give me a second. That is a uh, this big. It's four thousand ninety six. Now Bob and Alice both have a secret number in common that only they know, and Eve does not. Eve, what do you think that number is? Uh, uh, I I don't know. Exactly. Ah, we got you, Eve. F*** you. Now, Bob and Alice both have a secret number in common that only they know, and Eve does not. They shared information in public in front of Eve. The platform number two and their two public keys, eight and 16, are all known by Eve. But they were able to use that to create a private number, 4096, that only they know. That private number could be the key to unlock some more traditional encryption and unlock messages. That's the key they can use with each other. You might be sitting here thinking, now wait, hold on. If Eve knows it's two and sees eight and 16, it's not going to take very long to figure it out with some simple math. And that is exactly the key to understanding public encryption. When you hear about weakened encryption, weakened keys, it means that Eve, or Eve's computer, got better at figuring things out. So, of course, in our extremely weak example, Eve can just sit there without a computer and go, okay, well, I know two is the base. I saw Alice sent eight to Bob. Let me compute this. Two times two is four. Four times two is eight. I've computed that Alice's secret number is three. But Eve wasn't able to just look at eight and immediately do that. She had to do the math in her head. In other words, she had to compute it. Make that math a lot harder than our example, and it becomes a lot harder for Eve to figure it out. The strength of public key cryptography relies entirely on how difficult that mathematical factor is. Now, you can get into all kinds of things about elliptic curve and factoring of primes if you want to know how they actually create these numbers. But the principle is the same, which is you create a system based on math that the other person can come up with so that you're only exchanging these public numbers that then Eve, the person in the middle or the computer Eve is using, would have to spend a long time factoring to guess. With strong encryption, that time should equal thousands of years, if not more. That's one of the reasons you'll hear security people often say that there is no such thing as uncrackable encryption. It's just a matter of time, because it's all math. What you're trying to do is come up with an algorithm that is sufficiently complex that the amount of time it will take current technology to crack it makes it worthless to try. If it's going to take to the heat death of the universe to factor out the number, that's pretty strong encryption. Of course, as computers get more powerful, as we do things like add in natural random number generators, quantum computers, it's going to change things. But as computers get better at solving complex math, they also get better at creating complex math. So it stays at parity. We just have to use newer, stronger encryption schemes. Now, granted, these are overly simplistic models, and there's lots of shortcuts I took to explain them. That when you get into RSA encryption, Diffie-Hellman 256-bit encryption, there are caveats and things you have to know to make it work in real life. But the fundamental principle is there, which is taking a piece of math and using it to create a number that you can give someone publicly that they can then use to create a key that only the two of you know. 
I hope this helps you understand the concept of encryption a little better. In other words, I hope you know a little more about public key cryptography. Know a Little More is researched, written, and hosted by me, Tom Merritt. Editing and production provided by Anthony Lamos and Dog and Pony Show Audio. The public key cryptography players were Sarah Lane as Alice, Shannon Morse as Eve, and Andrew Heaton as Bob. It's issued under a Creative Commons Share Attribution 4.0 international license. Dog and Pony Show Audio. 